0: You're tuned into the Barrage Sports Show. Yo, what's up everybody? We back, The Barrage Sports Show, NBA Playoff Edition, Round Two. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Barrage or Mike B, and I'm here with my son, Mike Burr. Mike Burr always delivers. The first round was exciting. Now we have to talk about that second round. They're just flat out hooping in the bubble. We got a lot to talk about. So let's just kind of recap what happened in the first round. The Lakers beat Portland 4-1. Houston beat OKC in a decisive game seven. So now you have the Lakers versus the Houston Rockets. What do you think about that first round matchup? Well, second round matchup between the Lakers and Houston, Mike Burke. Uh,
1: I, I think it's exciting. This is definitely the matchup I wanted. Um, but OKC, respect to them. They played hard. They took it down to the wire, and you know they had a real successful season. You know they. A lot of teams were counting them out, but they made the playoffs, and then they end up making it a, a tough game seven. And they got a lot of young talent they could build around. But Houston versus LA. This is going to be a good matchup. Uh, obviously, when you got two superstars and James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they're always exciting to watch. They always have crazy games. Uh, they, the games seem to always go down to the wire. And the Lakers, who've, who've looked a little lethargic at times, they they don't want to get caught sleeping with this team. Okay. So... What do you think is going to happen?
0: Do you think the Lakers have an advantage? Lakers have the size, obviously. The Houston Rockets play more of a spread type of offense. A lot of three-point shots. Do you think that's a good matchup for the Lakers? Or do you think that all of that speed and all of those three-pointers are going to have a, a tough impact on the Lakers to try to beat the Houston Rockets?
1: Yeah, Houston, Houston has shooting, they have speed, um, but you're right, they, they have no size at all. And when you look at the Lakers, on the other hand, that's one of their big strengths, you know. Uh, when you got Dwight Howard, he's your backup center. You know, you got Javel McGee. Anthony Davis is obviously one of the best inside players in the league. And then LeBron can always bully you down low. And then you got Marcus Morris. So they got a lot of long guys. Kuzma himself is 6'9". So even in the that's, – that's kind of an advantage of the Lakers because even when they play small, they're still pretty big, right? Because their small lineup is when they put AD at the five. And AD at the 5, LeBron at the 4, and whoever else you have in the game, that's still a pretty big lineup. Um, So I I think ultimately the Lakers just have too much size for them. Uh, They're going to be able to get whatever they want down low. And even if they miss, uh, they're they're most likely going to get the rebound because Houston has no rebounders. Okay. Head-to-head, I think this year um,
0: the Rockets won a head-to-head matchup 2-1. to So I'm – looking forward to seeing this. I think that the Houston Rockets have a chance, believe it or not. I think the Lakers are one of the favorites to win, not only the West, but the entire thing. But I just think that that wild style that the Houston Rockets play, um, the fact that you know it's very unorthodox basketball, Mm. It's gonna be really tough for the Lakers to keep up with that because one thing about the the Lakers, I think one of their keyless heels is that they are an older team. They can run, but I think they're a better half court team. They, they're great, good on the fast break because whenever you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you are gonna have some good fast break basketball. But um, I think Houston can get an upset, mm. but they'll have to play nearly flawless. The three pointers, I have to be dropping. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, their two superstars will have to come up big. So I'm really interested in seeing that matchup because if any team can do it, I think it's the Houston Rockets just because of mm. the style of play.
1: Wow. That's yeah. a that's a big statement. Yeah. Uh they they definitely are a wild card, but after seeing them. Struggle to put OKC away. I know they were missing uh, Russell Westbrook for the first four games, but I'm not too worried. Um, I do. You know, you got to respect James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon. You know, they got they got a lot of uh, nice hoopers. They do play crazy. But as we've seen with D'Antoni teams in the past, uh, nice in the regular season. But I don't I don't know if it's championship playoff quality uh, style of basketball. So uh so locking in the pick, who what what do you think the series would be? Um I still
0: have to go with LA cuz that's just the logical choice even though again I'm kind of afraid of Houston, but I still will take LA 4 to 2.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh looks like looks like we were thinking similar here. Um also was thinking LA and 6. Um just giving them two games just because the Lakers have come out slow sometimes. Sometimes it looks like they don't want to be on the court. But as we saw with Portland, when they turned it on, uh, they, they show you they, they do have a championship caliber team. And, um, you know, I, I give two games just for the great play of of how hard the Rockets play. And they they can't get on those hot streaks where it just seems like they won't miss. OK, now you got the next matchup, second round in the
0: West the Denver Nuggets versus the L.A. Clippers. Denver beat Utah in a decisive game seven in the first round. The Clippers got a little resistance, and at times it looked a little bit shaky, but they eventually popped off the Dallas Mavericks 4-2. So now Denver versus Clippers. I'll start right in on that. I picked Denver as my dark horse. Mm. I think with their size... Jamal Murray, Murray's getting his legs on him. The Joker is still a difficult matchup for people. Gary Harris is playing some really good defense. I'm going with the upset here, and I think mm. the Denver Nuggets are going to knock off the LA Clippers.
1: Wow. Wow. That's that's a shocker. I didn't I didn't think you were all in on Denver like that uh that's I wasn't expecting that I I don't know after watching them struggle with Utah even though I did have that series going seven um but at times I think it was the defense right when they when they settled in and played defense they had a better chance of winning and they end up coming back from that three two deficit they were in but if they were giving up forty points to Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell's a great player, but what are they gonna do with Kawhi? You know, what are they gonna do with Montrez Harrell and and Lou Williams? I the if you're giving up hundred thirty points a night to to Utah, uh, you know, I, I just don't see them having it on defense. Even though I think on offense they can compete with this team, but the, I, I didn't see an upset here. So what are you saying? I'm saying I think they're a tough matchup. So I got the Clippers in six. Uh, I think I think they're just too good. They got too many weapons, and defensively, I think they're they're light years ahead of this team. Um, you got a Finals MVP. Paul George started to look like he was he was back to his regular self at, at the end of that uh, last series with the Mavericks. So especially if Paul George is playing like he played towards the end of that series, uh, I don't see the Nuggets uh, upsetting him here. You know what? After hearing you,
0: yeah, I'm going to take it back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back with the Clippers. I had the Clippers to win the West, you know. I was feeling a little froggy literally just 2 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm going back to my team to win the West. And so I am going to go with the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to beat them in 5 games. <laughs> 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 Wow,
1: that's a a flip you went from them getting upset. Now they only get in one game.
0: You know, because I like the Denver Nuggets. So when I first started talking, I was feeling a little tingly. You know, kind of wanted to shake up the apple cart. But once you start talking... It was like getting hit over the head with like a wooden mallet. <laughs> My sense came back into me. Nowhere I'm rolling with the Denver no- Nuggets. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going with the Clippers. Kawhi, a.k.a. the Claw. Paul George, PG-13, or Playoff P is probably going to show up. Um, I don't know if Patrick Beverly is coming back yet. Montrez Harrell, sweet Lou Williams. I think those guys are gonna get it going. So sorry, Denver. Um, I had you for uh, literally about 90 seconds, but I'm <laughs> back with the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what's your prediction? Uh how many games again? I'm sorry. I got clippers and six. Got the Clippers and six. All right, now we're gonna go to the East. Now, here's the thing about the East. Yeah, as of this broadcast, because the day is September the 2nd, we're, we're recording right after Houston beats OKC in a decisive Game 7 in the first round. Yep. Um. So as of this podcast, Milwaukee is down 0-2 to Mil- Miami. Mm. So this one might not be a hard one to pick, or do you believe that Milwaukee pretty much – the perennial favorite to win the East all year. Best record in the NBA all year. Can they back come back from an 0-2 deficit to catch the Miami Heat? And just for point of reference, in the first round Milwaukee beat the Orlando Magic 4-1. The Miami Heat swept the Indiana Pacers surprisingly mm. 4-0. So now Miami in the second round is up 2-0 over the number 1 seed not only in the east but in all of the playoffs the Milwaukee Bucks do the Bucks have a chance to come back and win this second round series against Jimmy buckets and the young Miami Heat
1: team yeah they they definitely got a chance you know 2-0 is not the end of the world uh we've definitely seen teams come back uh, in years past we've seen you know 3-1 comebacks so and we just saw the Nuggets come back from uh, 3-2 So uh, 2-0 is not the end of the world I think both of these teams were kind of Filling themselves a little bit After winning round one so easy um, And they kind of underestimated You know, the one, Milwaukee And if you look at the Raptors We'll talk about them later They're both down 2-0 But with the, in the case of the Bucks it, It's it's the same story we've been talking about Since the beginning of this podcast and that's who, who's the second option, and are they going to consistently show up, right? They're, they're playing hard, playing good team basketball. Giannis is doing his thing, but in the clutch, it seems like Middleton seems to fade a little bit, uh, and, and they don't really have a real closer. They got to find a way to get Giannis in his spots uh, down the stretch because the Heat, they're, they're not allowing him to just dominate. They're going to double him. They're going to triple him. They're going to force these other guys to step up and beat him. And so far, they've been able to, to take this 2-0 lead. I like, and on the other side, the Heat playing, are playing phenomenal. Jimmy Butler had 40 in the first game. Dragic the dragon, is hooping. Uh, Duncan Robinson is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Uh, same thing with Tyler Hero they're, they're unbelievable and then the leadership of guys like Iggy uh, he's been huge and a, a great leader as well yeah um, I have to say that in all due respect
0: to Chris Middleton he's actually not playing all that bad mm. he's being okay as a second banana in this series against the Heat so far they really don't have that third banana. That's where they have a real big drop-off because Middleton is averaging 26-4. and four. Giannis is doing his thing. I mean, he's not having a huge series, but he's still playing well. That third guy, who they thought would be Eric Bledsoe, he's averaging 14 points, four rebounds, five assists, but they're not a key 14 points they're not a clutch 14 points Bledsoe I think has underachieved for this team um, the last few years Um, he's a good player he has a big contract I think they expect him to be number three of the big three and I just don't see it he just isn't carrying that weight Not playing particularly bad, but he's not playing good enough to motivate that team or propel them to a win. And again, you said it again. If Giannis pretty much doesn't do everything, they don't win this series. So uh, it's kind of scary. They're down 2-0. Jimmy Butler is not the type of guy that's going to choke, even though it was a very weird game in game two. Um, but somehow Miami still pulled it out. Um, So with that being said, I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are done. I don't think they're going to win the series. And I think the Miami Heat are going to somehow find a way to close them out. Maybe not a sweep, but I don't think that the Bucks can win four in a row, four games before the Miami Heat can win two. So Mm -hmm. I'm going with the Miami Heat. In an upset, because I was like everyone else. I drank the Milwaukee Buck Kool-Aid, but I think the Miami Heat are going to keep that momentum, and I think they're going to win the series. Well, how many games? i give it 4-2. I think they could win in six. I could see Mm -hmm. Milwaukee getting a couple off of them. Maybe if if Miami goes up 3-1, the Bucks are a strong team. You know, um, you got one of the best players in the world in Giannis. So they might win like maybe, you know, game five, you know, make it 3-2. And then I think the Heat are going to send them home. So I'm going with the Miami Heat, uh, you know, 4-2. And, hey, I'm shocked as everyone else. I didn't think the Miami Heat would go up 2-0
1: on the Milwaukee Bucks as of this podcast. Wow. Yeah, I I could definitely see an upset happening. But I think the Bucs are going to make it a little bit more competitive than that. So I got Miami in seven. Whoa. Yeah, I also see the upset. I'm just, I'm not seeing it from uh, the Bucs. Giannis, he's playing well, but if they don't have, if he doesn't have a spectacular game and the Miami Heat aren't allowing him to, they're doubling him, they're making him get the ball in awkward spots. So yeah, I think I got Miami in seven. Okay. All right. So we go on to Boston and
0: Toronto and kind of the same situation. Boston came out the gate swinging up 2-0 in Toronto, and I'm I'm going to tell the truth. I talked I thought these were the two best teams in the bubble. Um outside of the Phoenix Suns, I think I thought Boston and Toronto were the two other best teams in the bubble. Now they're meeting head-to-head in the second round. Boston swept Philly. Toronto swept Brooklyn. So both of them came in playing great basketball, the same momentum. And now Boston has just been taken into Toronto. What do you think about that matchup? And is Boston going to be able to shut out the defending champs? Because now they have
1: a decisive 2-0 lead. Yeah, Boston is looking good, Uh Jason Tatum is is showing you he's at that next level. Jalen Brown is not too far behind him, and Marcus Smart he's always been a playoff hooper. He's always been a clutch hooper. He makes those big plays when you need him. But the real X factor to me has been Kimba. Kimba is a guy he came in. We know he could he could he's played by himself. He's carried teams before. You know he's been an All Star. But for him to come in and just let Jalen Brown, he let Jason Tatum shine, but be able to step up for him in those big moments, he can hit big shots, make big plays. He's a veteran presence on the court, so he can slow the game down when it needs to. And, uh, yeah, he's they're, they're rocking and rolling. Boston is looking like a real powerhouse. And so far, Toronto hasn't been able to do anything with them. Um, that's why... I got Boston winning the series. I think they have too much talent. uh, And the Raptors defensively, they haven't been able to contain them. Uh, Jason Tatum is getting the shots he wants. Kimba can get the buckets he wants. And and they're really playing at a high level. Okay. Well, you know, I think the
0: best thing that happened to – the Boston Celtics and I—I I don't say this to be cruel—was Gordon Hayward got out of the way because they were they really had to keep him in a rotation and I don't think Brown could really blossom fully as a player because he was always looking over his shoulder. Same with Tatum, you know, he had a way of taking their minutes and they were trying to you know work them work him into the flow, but more so Brown and Tatum because Tatum plays more of a big guard role. Brown kind of plays the role that they use Hayward in. Um And when he got hurt, now Brown has the freedom just to be who he can be. And he doesn't have to worry about Hayward. And I mean, uh, Gordon Hayward, the Boston Celtics who got injured. Um I think it's been the best team thing that happened to this team because now Tatum and Brown are getting an opportunity to show that they're going to be the best one-two punch or one of the best young one-two punches in the NBA and you throw Kimba in the mix. Kimba has fit this team like a hand to a glove. You have Smart, who is a really smart, scrappy player. I call him the... Patrick Beverly of the East. Um, You got some really good players with size who can play. And so I just think this matchup is hurting Toronto. They're just too little. Lowry and Van Fleek. And I think they've been exposed. Now, if there is a team that can make adjustments and come back, it's Toronto because I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA. I love the way he coaches the game. He's very strategic. He makes adjustments. He's not stubborn. But I just think Boston can hold on. I think those two young go-getters along with Kimba, they're for real, man. And so they're up 2-0, and I don't see Toronto coming back from that. I just don't see it. So I have to go with the Boston Celtics to win this series. Again, another shocker for me because I thought Toronto would only lose probably to Milwaukee. I didn't, I couldn't see any other team walking them down. But, again, I'm wrong. And so I got a bit of an advantage like anybody else who's picking games. You got a team up 2-0. But I like the way Boston is doing it, being up 2-0. So I'm going to stick it out and think they're going to win this series in six games. I'm going 4-2. Boston Celtics.
1: Yeah, yeah. To to your point, um, it was a bit of an awkward situation, and uh, hof- hopefully Hayward gets uh, well soon. Um, but he remember when he signed with the Celtics, he was supposed to be the franchise guy. They they stole him from Utah. They gave him big money, and it was supposed to be you know Hayward and Kyrie, and uh, I think they still had Horford at the time or some other big. And that was supposed to be like their big three, but then they they did a great job drafting Jalen Brown. Uh, I remember he was kind of a shocking pick. People didn't really know how he would turn out, but now he is an all-star. And then Jason Tatum had a lot of hype coming out of college, and he's living up to it so far. And so those guys started to emerge. I think they thought it would take a little longer for them, and they thought Hayward would be there to help them transition. But... They emerged a lot quicker, and um, yeah, it's been kind of awkward, and it does look like the course opened up more. It's, it's clearly like, hey, we're the best two players here. We got to make stuff happen, and uh, Kimba's doing an excellent job. That being said, the Raptors are the defending champs. Uh, I don't think they're going to make go out easy, even though they're down 2-0. I think they're going to rally, come back in the series, and make it a decisive game seven, but... I got the Celtics winning that. I think it's hard for me to bet against Kemba. Uh, he's one of the most clutch players in the league, and I think they have they have something special. Boston is looking really good, really tough. Uh, I know we got kind of an advantage with these last two series, waiting for the game sevens to wrap up. Um, because if you that if you'd have told me that the Celtics and the Heat would have the Bucks down two zero. And the Raptors down 2-0. I wouldn't have it wouldn't have been out of my mind, but I would have thought it would have been, it would have looked a little bit more competitive up to this point. Yeah, I did too. You know, so man,
0: that's 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 uh that's a shocker. Uh, the East has really shocked me. Um, you saw again Milwaukee and Miami swept through. So I thought that was gonna be a real competitive series. And Miami is just taking it to Milwaukee. Boston, Toronto swept through um, first round. And so I thought Boston, Toronto was going to be a real competitive series. Boston is taking it to Toronto. So, uh, man, it's been really interesting in the East. The East has been a lot more surprising, I think, than even the West. Mm. The West has been very competitive. The East, it seems like there's hardly no competition Um, One team seems to take more control of the other. Right now, that's the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. So that's the second round. Um, I can't say we had all of the same picks in the first round. It looks like we got all of the same picks in the second round as well. But for the first round, we didn't miss a single team. Every single team that we, we thought would win did eventually win their series. Yep. Let's see if we keep that streak going in the second round. And I think for the second round, we're taking most of the consensus picks, the Lakers over Houston, the Clippers over Denver, the Shockers with Miami over Milwaukee and Boston over Toronto. But again, we have a bit of an advantage because as of this podcast, both of those teams are up 2-0, and we're just going to stick with that and think they're going to – set it off you know close it out so with that being said i want to bring up a little different news we lost some giants in basketball the last week or so and i just want to give them some honorable mentions Lou Olson the longtime coach of the arizona wildcats he really helped build that program uh, won a national championship there he passed away cliff robinson the longtime um Portland Trailblazer and perennial NBA player. He was an all-star once, NBA comeback player of the year once. Um, He passed away. Big John Thompson, one of my favorite coaches of all time. I'm the dad, so I'm a little older than my son, obviously. I remember Georgetown in their heyday, even before the Iverson teams. Mm-hmm. I remember the Patrick Ewing teams at Georgetown. I remember when they went to the NCAA finals. I think it was three years in a row, ultimately winning a national championship and Big John Thompson being the first African-American head coach to win the consensus national championship. Um, And he was one of my favorites. As a matter of fact, They were so popular, the Georgetown gear was very popular in the 80s. Um, People wore a lot of Georgetown hats and coats and, you know, all sorts of paraphernalia because of those teams. And then eventually it got Allen Iverson near the end of Coach John Thompson's reign as the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas. But he passed away. And uh, one other guy who was a great fan of basketball and a great actor um, was a part of the NBA dunk contest a few years ago when Oladipo wore the Black Panther mask. You know who I'm talking about, Chadwick Bozeman, very shockingly at the age of 43 um, died due to cancer. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to give a shout out and just pay my respects to those men who I enjoyed watching over the years, who inspired me over the years and were great for. Not only the game of basketball, not, not only great for entertaining us and inspiring us, but they seem to be really good dudes off the, off the court and off the screen as well.
1: Especially the shocking news uh, with Chadwick Bozeman. Gave us a lot of great memories over the years and a lot of great movies. Uh, you know, and it was sad to see him go. And, and it was shocking because he never uh, talked about it publicly. They um, say he was battling uh, cancer for about four years um, and still, you know, working, still making movies. That's a, a test to how strong he was and, um, you know, to the next life.
0: And you know what, man? I don't think a film with a majority black cast has gotten more attention mm. and had gave us more pride as African-Americans and just as Americans, just as people, um, since Black Panther, maybe other than Roots. See, you might not remember this, Mike, but when I was a kid, Roots was a a, a big television series, I think for five or seven days on, on ABC, I think. And uh, man, pretty much every black person I know Crowded around the TV every night because it came on at prime time and watch Roots, and it was so powerful and it started so much conversation. Um, it did show a history of who we were before we were brought over here and shipped all around the world, mostly out of West Africa. Um, the pride that and the resilience that the slaves had, Kunta Kente, um, Kizzy, Fitler, you know, it was it was such an impact. Roots was one of the most talked about things I've ever seen in, you know, the film in television media. It was a book written by Alex Haley. I hadn't seen that type of reaction for a film with a predominantly black cla- uh, cast since um, Black Panther. When Black Panther came out, it was a phenomenon. Mm, Worldwide, not just among African Americans, but it was really special among African Americans. I know churches would have buses of people who would go for like a church night and dress up in the African garb to go see Black Panther. It was talked about. And I really believe that Black Panther 2 was going to be, again, another multi-billion-dollar money-making movie and probably one of the most highly anticipated movies for African Americans in the history of cinema. I think for all of the movies that's ever been made over time, and obviously I haven't been around forever, but as far as I've been alive and as far as I know, I think Black Panther 2 was the most anticipated film for Black people, especially here in America, I think of all time. We were all looking forward to seeing where they were going to go with the story and how they were going to continue the legacy of Black Panther and Wakanda and all those different things for Marvel.
1: So update on our tournament points. I'm at 40 points. You're 38. So I'm up two right now after the first round. We'll see how it is after the second round. I also want to shout out Brandon Bradley. Uh, You can follow him at Art of BB uh, for making our logo. That's what you're seeing on the screen right now. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, or uh, it's going to be on our social media as well. So make sure you check it out and uh, give Brandon some love. What's his contact information? You can follow him at Art of BB on Instagram. That's Art of BB uh, Instagram and hit him up there. Um, and we got a little bit of football news. The big move, uh, Leonard Fortunet got cut and signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He
0: got cut by who, the Jaguars, yeah. Signed with the Bucs, they're trying to stack it up for Brady. Trying to stack it up for Brady. Well, now they got a running back, you know, they had 2,000 yard receivers.
1: Um, Gronk came back, so they're building that <laughs> offense for Tom Brady. Yeah, this, they, they're gonna be something special. Uh, you know, it, that, that's a huge piece, you know, Brady loves getting the running backs involved in the offense. And, you know, when you got Gronk and then you got two great receivers, So they got some great tight ends as well. They, they're going to be a high-flying offense next year. Yeah. And we're going
0: to get the, the question finally answered. Was it Belichick or was it Brady? When you talk about that New England dynasty that went to nine Super Bowls with six Super Bowl rings. Some people gave Belichick all the credit mm. and said you could just plug in nearly any really decent quarterback and get pretty good results. And some people gave Brady all the credit as being the franchise guy, carrying those guys year after year. But now I think that question is going to be answered. Who, who's the man? And I think both of them want to prove to each other that they could win without each other.
1: Yeah, and uh, so far Brady's won in the off season. Uh, I know a lot of Belichick's players. He's gonna be have to really show his coaching skills because a lot of his starters uh, are sitting out due to COVID. They chose to opt out the season, uh, including Dante Howard, Dante Hightower, who's his. You know, he's the man on defense. He's the one making the calls at the line. So it's gonna be tough for Belichick. Meanwhile, the Patriots, or I'm so used to Brady being on the Patriots. Right. Meanwhile, the Bucks are are getting better uh, by adding a great running back. Yeah, we'll see. And last and certainly not least, um, Michael
0: Jordan made another power move. And this is another reason why I always say Michael Jordan is the, is the GOAT. Not just for what he did on the court. You know, six times in the NBA championships, six rings. He's 6-0 and there six playoff MVPs. Uh, We know all the things he accomplished, but the fact that he went on to be the first player to become a a majority owner of a team. A lot of players have gotten gotten ownership after they retired, but there was always just a little piece of the team. And I'm not gonna say little, I mean it in relative terms. Any piece of a team, you doing quite well. But he's the first ex-player to be a majority owner of a team. And that's why I called him the GOAT, because we know what he's doing with the Charlotte Hornets. We know what he's doing with Nike. And now he's on the board as a special advisor, and he bought an equity piece in DraftKings. Wow. If you don't know what DraftKings is, that's like a fantasy sports and kind of betting group uh, that's making a ton of money. And now they add Michael Jordan to be an advisor on their board, give him an equ- equity piece of the company, and then their stock went up instantly 8%. Mm. which is a huge jump when you talk about the stock market. So Michael Jordan to me is the GOAT, not only for what he did on the court, but the power moves he's making as a businessman. He's a billionaire now, and that's why I think Mike is the GOAT, because of the way he's just continued to just make boss moves after his career. So I think that's really interesting, and now DraftKings – that's really been growing as this betting and fantasy sports website is only going to get bigger. And you got MJ number 23 getting in on a piece of that. I just thought that was real interesting news. And once again, Mike is showing he's a very, very astute businessman.
1: It's a great move to, uh, to own a team and, own a piece of the, the betting <laughs> of the league, too. That's crazy. So he's going to be making money in all kinds of ways uh, off, the, off the league. And and DraftKings has has a lot of sports on there. So uh, great move there. Yeah, I mean, now that you say that, that is a good point. He owns a
0: franchise.
1: Mm.
0: Now he's going to be part of the betting on sports. And think about this. And this shows you how cold Michael Jordan is. He has players on other teams signed to his Nike Jumpman brand. Mm. So even when visiting teams come to play the Hornets, you got maybe 25%, 30% of the guys wearing his shoes, wearing his brand. That is a boss move. That's money. That's 360 money. Money from your team. Money from guys on other teams. Now you're getting part of the sports book. legalized gambling. Crazy, man. And that's why Michael Jordan is the goat. All right, that's it, man. Another awesome podcast. Check us out on all social media platforms. Like us, subscribe, become a part of our contest, you can win a prize. What's Brandon's information again, who made our dope logo? That's Art of BB on Instagram at Art of BB. All right. Until next time, we're going to have some more information, some more NFL, more NBA, and more, more of the most relevant sports. Mike Burr, drop the beat.